Hello and welcome to the Friday, March 19th, 2021 edition of On Iowa Politics. Hi, I'm James Lynch of the Cedar Rapids Gazette. And with me this week are Tom Barton of the Quad City Times. Good morning, Tom. Good morning, James. Amy Rivers of the Waterloo Cedar Falls Courier. Good morning, Amy. Good morning, James. Aaron Murphy, Lee Newspaper Statehouse Bureau Chief. Good morning, Aaron. Good morning. You can find us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to On Iowa Politics wherever you find your podcast. First up this week, don't run. Our friends over at the Des Moines Register asked Iowans about their elected leaders. The results were interesting. A majority of Iowans said they don't want either Senator Chuck Grassley or Governor Kim Reynolds to run for the election in 2022. It doesn't seem like a vote of support or confidence. But uh, what should we make of those results? Um, Grassley has been quick to point out that uh, in 2013, the register poll found that Iowans didn't want Governor Terry Branstead to run again. He ran and coasted to a sixth term. And the poll gave us no indication of who Iowans would prefer to run, but I'm sure a future Iowa poll will give us that answer. Amy, um, as a whole, we love to hate our politicians. So should we surmise that Grassley and Reynolds are in trouble? after a year of bad, depressing news, we just don't like anybody. <laughs> we, we never like politicians, right? It's, it's, the, it's the values that they purport to hold that we like. So, so even if we don't like Grassley, if Grassley is the one on the ticket, right, like you're going to see Republicans vote for him. Let's remember that in some states, you know, who have had politicians die, and still win elections. <laughs> People are really just like, who's who's the standard bearer? Like, maybe I don't like you as a person, but are you the standard bearer for my party, which I which is for my values, which is what I want? So I think, yeah, I think they're probably taking this with a grain of salt. Now, it, it's totally different um, consideration if there's a strong candidate in the primary. So if you got the candidates that are that are coming up, um, like for Grassley, Jim Carlin, um, I'm not sure who for. For Reynolds quite yet, but if, if they really get a strong contender with some name recognition who is able to to sort of flip the script and say, here's how I would do things differently and and even more pander to your values, maybe not pander, but <laughs> accept your values, maybe you see uh, somebody get taken down a primary. Stranger things have happened. Yeah. Uh, although it, it's pretty hard for me to imagine anybody seriously challenging Grassley um, that that other Republicans would take that candidate seriously. Uh, I mean, I think that would right. almost fall into sort of sacrilege uh, territory. Uh, for you know, uh, I know I know Jim Carlin, state senator from Sioux City, has announced he's running. Whether or not Grassley runs for re-election, but um, I, I certainly haven't seen a groundswell of support among. Iowa Republicans uh, getting on board that no, uh, campaign. No. We are a year and a half out, however. We are. We are. Um, is the calculation different for the governor's race? Um, I, I don't know that she's as bulletproof as Chuck Grassley. She's younger. I mean, I think, you know. Everybody is. <laughs> you know. <laughs> That's true. But. I think a little bit, um, you know, there's, there's a different record to run on. There's um, a whole state that she was, she was trying to, you know, help with the coronavirus effort on that obviously Grassley wasn't a super integral part of. So yeah, there's definitely different calculations there. Yeah. I mean, it seems like she's probably been more 
affected more by handling of the pandemic than Grassley. Um, uh, I mean, he, you know, there, there's a difference between legislating and executing. And uh, mm-hmm. um, she's really on the front line in that regard. Um, yeah. And, and, and to that point, I mean, she has people to the right of her who are upset with her handling of the pandemic, just not just people yeah. Uh, yeah. to the left, you know, so does that mean she's going to get a primary challenge? I don't know, but, but to, to Amy's point, to your question, it's maybe a little more likely than Grassley because of the pandemic, because there were people on the conservative right who were upset about, you know, when churches were closed, for example, early on or, or, or businesses or things about that. Mm-hmm. So she, she actually, um, you know, took bullets from both sides on that thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Tom, um, Grassley seemed pretty unconcerned uh, about the, the poll that, uh, what was it, like 55% of Iowans didn't want him to run again. Um, did he, in responding to that, did he tip his hand about his plans? Uh, yeah, he, uh, he might have. Um, asked what his uh, considerations would be um, if he chose uh, not to run for another term. Grassley said, if that's a decision I've made, you would know it uh, by now. Uh, he went on to say, uh, so this is speculation and uh, I'm not going to speculate about anything. Um, so Grassley, who has served in elected office continuously since 1959, when he was uh, elected to the Iowa legislature, filed a statement of candidacy with the Federal Election Commission for the 2022 election earlier this month, but declined to say whether he's going to be running for re-election. Yeah, I'm probably the only one here who was alive in 1959. So, but but I I wasn't following Iowa politics at that time. I didn't vote in that election. I was going to ask if you covered it. No. (laughs) Uh, Not in 1959, no. Um, So, I mean, I think this raises a question. I mean, if if Iowans, including a lot of um, Republicans, are saying they don't want to see Reynolds and, and, and Grassley run, um, you know, I raises the question, who do they want to see run? And I don't hear a lot of names being mentioned I, on, in either race. I mean, people aren't talking about, uh, you know, in the past we saw Bob Vanderplatz, you know, uh, challenging Terry Branstead. They tried to uh, control the lieutenant governor position, that sort of thing. I'm not even hearing that, that, you know, there's a movement out there to put somebody else on the ticket. Um, I have to think that it's just people fed up, you know, saying, hey, we've had the same people over and over. uh, Yeah, the throw out the bums vote, right? Yeah. And and, so I guess we'll have to wait and see if somebody looks at the poll and says, like, aha, this is my chance. Uh, <laughs> on the Democratic side, Aaron, um, uh, some Democrats have, have lodged an effort to draft Michael Franklin, the Northwest Iowa native and retired three-star admiral, ran in a five-way race uh, for the U.S. Senate nomination in 2020, finished second to Teresa Greenfield with 25% of the vote. Um, is he the front runner and is he a, a serious challenge to lawmaker for life, Chuck Grassley? Well, I'll answer those separately. I, I suppose he's the front runner in the sense that nobody has announced and he's the only one who people are making a actual def- 
find <laughs> effort to recruit. So um, in so much as there is a front runner, I guess he would be the front runner. Um, there's a long time to go for this. And um, I get the sense that uh, some candidates are kind of waiting in the weeds to see what Chuck Grassley decides to decide whether they're going to challenge him or not. Um, and, and also, you know, you've got Democrats that there's two races as we've talked about and Democrats who might want to run for one or the other, you know, are probably waiting to read the tea leaves on both of those races. So anyways, the point being this, this field is going to be in flux and largely unknown, I think for, for a long time, we're not going to see anything solidifying um, anytime soon here. Would he, challenge chuck grassley it i don't know i mean it's that's going to be such an uphill climb for any democrat but i will say that he was well thought of in that democratic primary that you mentioned when he ran two years ago um he did pretty well finishing second uh a lot of democrats really liked him thought he did well thought he has a really good resume uh with his military experience and his kind of insight into foreign policy so I think he would be a very there's no there's no doubt in my mind he would be a legitimate tough candidate in that primary depending on who else ran. So I, I think that is easier to say. Would he challenge Chuck Grassley? I mean, uh, like we just said, Chuck and I've 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 written a couple times now. Chuck Grassley's been winning Iowa elections since James Dean was on the big screen. So. Uh, it's, it's not easy to beat Chuck Grassley for anybody, obviously. Um, but I, I think he, Michael Franken would be a strong democratic candidate. Are we likely to see uh, sort of a, um, battle within the democratic party, uh, between the more progressive forces and maybe so, sort of traditional forces? We've, we've already seen some response to the news about Michael Frank and, you know, people asking, well, isn't he a Republican, uh, you know, and uh, for a lot of the, the woke Democrats, he, he's not uh, progressive enough. Um, and, and, you know, we saw in, in, in 2020 that some of those folks didn't think that Teresa Greenfield was progressive enough. Right. Um, so, I mean, are we just, it, it's just the first uh, sort of the first uh, shot being fired in that uh, primary race. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a, a candidate in that lane because we, we've seen them in, in the last couple elections. Um, however, that said, they have not been successful in Iowa um, in Democratic primaries. Um, Kimberly Graham is an example in, in mm -hmm. the um, um, and I, I feel like there's one more that slipped in my mind. Uh, but in, in some recent Senate and Democratic and uh, gubernatorial primaries here, those candidates have been around um, and they haven't been successful. Um, now, Bernie did well mm -hmm. in Iowa twice um, at the presidential level, but that's a different beast than, you know, running a, a state campaign. Um, so I, I don't doubt that I, I would be surprised, honestly, if we don't see a candidate of that brand in, in this primary, um, whether they're any more successful than the last few who have tried remains to be seen. One of the complaints uh, Democrats had about the 2020 race against Senator uh, Joni Ernst was that uh, um, Senator Chuck Schumer and the DNC stacked the deck for Teresa Greenfield, just as they did for Patty Judge uh, when she ran against Chuck Grassley. Um, 
have they learned their lesson? Uh, are, will, are they likely to stay out of the race in, in 2022? Tom or Amy? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I find it incredibly hard that the DNC is going to stay out of this um, if they see um, that they have got a good shot at uh, unseating Chuck Grassley for the first time. You know, if they're looking at some of these early polls that show him to be vulnerable. Um, yeah, it's it, it's hard to see Washington, D.C. staying out of this one because this would be a huge get a huge seat for them. Um, so, so yeah, I, I, I don't think Chuck Schumer is going to stay out of this one. Yeah. With everything they have at stake. Right. Tom, I mean, they, right. they, they, they yeah. go into this election with literally a tie in the Senate, meaning one seat, a net one seat loss and they lose their uh, majority. So, so I think Tom's absolutely right. It's hard to see them staying on the sidelines. Now it's a, it's a fair question though. And, and Iowa Democrats are probably view this maybe a little differently given the recent history that that you mentioned, and not just with um, this last race, Jim, but with the last time we had an open seat race and um, the field was cleared for Bruce Braley, who uh, was then beaten um, by Joni Ernst, who came out of a a very tough primary. Um, You know, at least this time there was a primary. Uh, They didn't clear the field for Teresa Greenfield, but she was clearly the favored and, and, supported candidate by the by the national establishment so 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 it will be interesting um i'm with tom i'm assuming they'll be involved it'll be interesting to see to what degree um they get involved um and you know the 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 recent track record is 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 not great now the fair question is did did they did iowa lose those races because of the dnc pick candidate or did they just lose because republicans had better you know, the, the national atmosphere was better for Republicans, right? Turnout was better, you know, the, the, that that's fair to ask too. It's, it's not necessarily just because of who the DNC picked that Iowa lost those races, but it's, you know, it's, it's worth about considering in, in the whole great picture. And it's hard to believe that they would pick anybody but a centrist candidate, right? So as we're talking about progressive candidates, if you're looking to go up against Grassley, who, um, you know, you can argue sort of hues to that m- more of a central Republican, you know, he's not like a a, a super a, a Jim Carlin Republican, if you will, which is why Jim Carlin's running against him. But but that's why I think the DNC is is really looking at Iowa and saying we need to back a centrist candidate, and I don't think that's going to change anytime soon, particularly if they think they've really got a shot on seating Grassley. Uh, on the other hand, uh, if assuming Grassley runs, um, you look around the country and the Democrats. Um, their pickup chances probably are better in other states where they have open seat races than taking on an entrenched incumbent. Um, you know, so I guess it's, you know, the old question, where do you spend your resources? Do you spend it on those open seat races where you start with a, a 50-50 chance of a pickup, I guess, you know, as opposed to uh, even, a you know, you know, what are the odds in Iowa, you know, Incumbents get reelected by 80, 90 percent, uh, you know, of, of the time. So, uh, where do you spend your your money? And I think it's a little bit different than it was uh, in 2020 when uh, in, in the Ernst race, it was her first uh, time on the ballot, uh, her first reelection uh, race, uh, and that's you know your best chance of defeating an incumbent. I think um, it, it's you know, and I, I don't think Grassley hasn't made any fatal mistakes, at least so far, uh, you know, <laughs> but, uh, 
so I think, you know, the, the Schumer and others might look at this and say, OK, you know, we we do enough to cause him to go out, you know, break a sweat. But uh, we're going to look at these open seat races and, and put our resources there and, and hopefully pick up the, the seats we need to have complete control of the Senate. Yeah. Yeah. I think Grassley's health is more likely to change his uh, status than anything he says or does at this point. Um, that's a really good point, Jim. You know, we kind of talk about that with blinders on and just thinking about Iowa, but you're absolutely right. It, 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 the national map may dictate, you know, the DNC, we're going to put more resources and focus here to the to this state and this state and this state to the point where maybe they don't need feel the need to have a big thumb on the scales in Iowa and can kind of let Iowa Democrats do their thing. Well, and in, in, in 2020, Iowa didn't show any signs of uh, moving uh, to the left. Um, you know, I, I think it's probably true that Iowa is, appears less purple than it was uh, in, in 2016 or, or 2018. Uh, so, you know, it's, you know, where what what's the most fertile ground where are you going to uh, get the best yield you might say moving along here everybody gets a vaccine governor kim reynolds announced this week that april 5th every iowa adult will be eligible for covid 19 vaccine which is certainly good news Yay! (laughs) (laughs) especially for our younger iowans Amy, uh, the vaccination rate in Iowa continues to run slightly ahead of the national average because, of course, out here in the country, we're all above average. Um, how significant is this development, uh, assuming the supply matches the demand? Uh, are, are we reaching a turning point in the pandemic? I hope so. I mean, you know, all indications are that it's still really difficult to to find an appointment to get a vaccine. Um it's not necessarily true of other parts of the country. Um, I think, you know, maybe it's just Iowans are just being really rational and, and going to get the vaccine more than more than others. And that's why it's still difficult. Maybe it's that we're just not opening up enough pharmacies. The other thing is, you know, in recent weeks, we've seen our vaccine allocation come down. We've actually gotten less vaccine. Now they keep saying they're going to ramp that up. Um, so I'm trying to be optimistic about it, you know, <laughs> but all of these optimistic predictions are also really dependent on if we can actually get that manufactured. So I'm hoping so. I can't wait to to get mine, but I'm certainly not going to um, skip the line or, or try to, you know, bring a pack of cigarettes and, and pretend I'm eligible this time. Um, <laughs> they don't check. <laughs> but yeah, I, I hope so. I, 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 I think it is a, a significant development, and I really hope that we can go into this summer all vaccinated if we want to be. Aaron, you uh, have, have been following this, uh, the, the governor's role in the pandemic response closely, um, and, and the, certainly she's come in for a lot of criticism and it, from people who have questioned how she's handling this, including the people of, you know, on the right, who, as you mentioned, didn't like her mask um, proclamation, didn't like the business uh, limitations, those sorts of things, uh, limitations on, uh, you know, worship services, those sorts of things. Um, can can she get past this pandemic fast enough to preserve her <laughs> political career? Um to last long enough to appoint herself to 
the U.S. Senate when Chuck Grassley retires. <laughs> I, I'm sure within the walls of the um, governor's offices um, that, that that is a sentiment and like the, the sooner we can get this thing in the, in the rear of your mirror, uh, uh, the better, um, politically speaking, obviously I'm, I'm hope and I'm sure we all feel that way, uh, from a public health uh, perspective, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm sure, uh, you know, the governor staff are looking forward to the day when press conferences are about bills and what the president said and, you know, what she's going to do on the campaign trail versus vaccine rollouts and, you know, nursing home outbreaks and all that kind of stuff. Um, this uh, particular revelation um, gets us closer to that, certainly. And and um, uh, to Amy's point, the, the appointments will continue to be um, a thing that the state and, and, and local officials will have to address. But, but I think Amy also nailed it, that that's a good problem to have, right? I mean, that people are, are seeking these things and um, Iowa is turning out, turning around its, its vaccine doses. We're at somewhere around an 86% rate of, um, you know, the vaccine doses that they get, getting those out and getting shots into arms. So it, it is still at this point a matter, uh, again, to, like Amy said, a matter of that supply and, and, and getting more hopefully soon here from the federal government. So that will continue to be an issue as demand continues to outweigh supply. You know, but the fact that they expect to get enough to be able to open that up to everybody um, and more and more people will be getting the vaccine and that should keep bringing those numbers down. And that makes this whole thing uh, less and less of a problem. It's not going to go completely away, but it's going to be safe to say it's going to be far less a, a, a big deal than it was just a couple of months ago. Um, so it, 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 it does feel like a big turn of the corner here and, and hopefully it is. Hopefully we don't have, you know, don't end up going in reverse for any number of reasons. Uh, hopefully these variants don't have any extra teeth to them. Hopefully people are still doing the right things as we get down the road here. Um, and, and, uh, all those numbers that are going down, keep going down and we can all move past this thing public health wise, Political-wise, podcast topic-wise, move on to other things. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess it's probably fortunate that Iowa isn't a spring break destination. <laughs> what <Yeah>. do you mean? <laughs> Okaboji, <laughs> other than Okaboji, baby. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Tom, uh, circling back to uh, our first topic, uh, given the criticism that. Reynolds and Grassley and most incumbents have taken over the course of the pandemic. Do challengers start with an advantage in 2022 um, just because they're not an incumbent? I think because of the that criticism, Democrats have a good shot at uh, potentially unseating Reynolds and, and Grassley in, in 2022, maybe a better shot than they've had in, in previous election cycles. But I don't think that they'll necessarily have an advantage. I mean, Democrats still have a lot of ground to make up in Iowa. They lost two congressional seats in the last election. They lost seats in the Iowa House. Uh, and Reynolds and Grassley both have a fundraising advantage. 
And um, although, you know, Grassley has mm -hmm. declining job approval and favorability numbers, according to the last Iowa poll, he remains a formidable candidate. Um, you know, he's earned the respect for maintaining close ties uh, with his constituents, making a point to visit all 99 of Iowa's counties every year, for example. Um, I think he had $1.8 million in the bank at the end of uh, 2020. Um, and I would just say this also. In 2016, a pair of polls released shortly before uh, Democrat uh, Patty Judge, a former Iowa lieutenant governor and state agriculture secretary, um, you know, shortly after she announced her campaign to run for that um, U.S. Senate seat, the, the uh, pair of polls showed Grassley in a, a virtual st statistical tie with Patty Judge. And Grassley ended up winning by 24 points. So, I mean, you know, take that for what you will. I think that we got to take the Iowa poll with a grain of salt. You know, it's still early. Um, mm. And, and yeah, be uh, going off of what Amy said earlier, you know, with Grassley being kind of more of a, um, of a kind of a centrist Republican, um, you know, he hasn't made any fatal mistakes um, that, that still makes him, um, affordable challenger, and it's still going to be an uphill climb for a Democrat. Um, you know, with Reynolds and the criticisms over her handling of the pandemic, it may be less of an uphill battle or an uphill climb for, for a Democrat. But, um, you know, the thing that she has to, to fall back on is, you know, looking at the financial health and strength of Iowa, um, you know, during this, this pandemic. Um, and the fact that um, unlike other states, you know, Iowa still maintains a fairly healthy um, fiscal position, um, you know, that's I think that's a strong argument for her to make and especially a strong argument for her to make in Iowa, which in you know recent elections is less purple um, and uh, in a state where, um, you know, you've you've seen voters kind of gravitate toward that um, kind of conservative populist message, you know, that that we saw in, in the, the, the 2020 election. The, the other thing I'll just add to that is <clears throat> remember uh, for everybody, we're we're up to our eyeballs in this right now. And as I look at my watch here, it is March of 2021. We are 14 months from the primary, much less the general election, yeah. uh, assuming, as we just talked about, knock on wood behind me here um everything continues to go the way it looks like and and we hope so this is going to be a distant memory by the time people are casting ballots I'm, I'm sure it will come up on the campaign trail don't get me wrong i'm sure the democratic opponent will try to make governor reynolds covid pandemic response an issue so it'll be discussed on the campaign but it'll be a distant memory for voters at that point too again hopefully god help me if it's not the case, we got to burn the, this podcast. I think it'll be more of an issue in the primary. Right. And, and that's assuming she gets a strong primary challenge. It could, it could very well be, yeah, that, like you said, she'll get a challenge from the right, the people who didn't like the way she, you know, locked things down, which is, was pretty gentle compared to other states. Right. <laughs> right. But, <laughs> well... If she gets a primary challenger, we'll talk about it on a future edition of On Iowa Politics. If you enjoyed the podcast today, tell a friend and subscribe to us wherever you find your podcast. Send fan mail to podcast at thegazette.com. 
You can find us on the home pages of the Quad City Times, Sioux City Journal, Muscatine Journal, Mason City World Gazette, Waterloo, Cedar Falls Career, and the Cedar Rapids Gazette. Imperfect will take us out. If you know an Iowa band or musician who should be on our show, send us a sound file and subscribe to On Iowa Politics on iTunes. For Amy, Tom, Aaron, Todd, and our producer, Katie, I'm James Lynch. Thanks for listening. Stay well. I'd like to welcome you to the show. Mike Hander reporting through. Running things around here. Just act like you knew. What? And perfect. It started with the microphone in my right hand. And evolved into an indie label called Mike Hand. Recordings, recording from Cedar Rapids, IA. Inner city jump skip and I hop from the highway. That's where I stayed before the days of the flood. Before the city was covered in muck and everybody's stuff. Littered the streets, I'm speaking literally We had six feet of water in the kitchen at least But that's enough on that subject, cause it'll get me upset And I don't think you wanna see a grown man cry In the city of five seasons, even more smells It ain't hard to tell, people around here are bored as hell Get your sight for Saturdays, when they're super fresh Small place, big dreams, on the road to success Mike and the crew, the cause, collective Midwest indigenous MCs respected From near to far here, we revere the art, taking charge